honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on the Paladino Live Network. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on all your favorite podcasting apps. Thank you for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today as we're going to start out early this year, apparently. Looking at draft and free agency, but what draft? What free agency? The Minnesota Timberwolves just traded for Rudy Gobert. That's right, Rudy Gobert is coming to the Timberwolves, but who's going to Utah? What exactly did we give up? (laughs) A lot. A lot. Maybe too much. Uh, Malik Beasley. Okay, you kind of figure, yeah, Malik Beasley might get traded this offseason. Patrick Beverly. Hmm, that's kind of a bummer. You thought he was going to be here for some of that tough locker room guy stuff, but okay, he's getting older. You never know how long he's going to last, and he gets hurt a lot. Walker Kessler, you just... Got him out of the draft, and he was all happy to be here. And his grandpa played for the University of Minnesota. His father was born in Minneapolis. I was going to talk about all that. Nice shot-blocking guy from Auburn and all that. War Dam Eagle, you know, that school. And, it, you know, it's a nice shot-blocker. Here we go. Two big men to play together. Okay, I guess Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns is two big men playing together also. We were never completely sure what Walker Kessler's role was going to be with Minnesota. Apparently... It just feels like this was planned for a, quite a while. Jared Vanderbilt. Oh, come on. Jared Vanderbilt, too? Yeah, Jared Vanderbilt. Leandro Balmero. We barely knew him. We'll see how he turns out. Maybe, well, maybe we won't end up uh, taking too much of an L with that one when we find out how the uh, the Spanish Rubio, as they call him over there, our 50th pick, <laughs> winds up becoming in the next couple of years. Oh, and by the way, four first-round picks. Four first-round picks. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. It just keeps going and going and going and going and going. And go- It's Rudy Gobert. This isn't Shaquille O'Neal at 26, for the love of God. But, yeah, I mean, he's a nice addition and everything, but okay, yeah. <laughs> 2023 first-round pick, unprotected. 25, unprotected. 27, unprotected. A swap in 26, depending on, well, you know, if they, like, the the Wolves have a lower pick than the Jazz, you know, they can swap that. (laughs) And a top five. Well, since it's top five protected in 2029, eight whole years from now, why didn't you just sweep the broom up? (laughs) Why didn't you stick a broom up my ash and have me sweep the floor as I walk out? As Sean Connery would have said in the movie Meteor about 40 years ago. My God, you know, what, what else do they need? Do they want the... Do they want the front door at Target Center as well? Would they like the roof? Do you want the roof too, Utah? Would you you like the roof? Well, at least they didn't take Anthony Edwards. They, of course, didn't take Carl Anthony Towns. They did not take D'Angelo Russell, which, well, wouldn't have hurt me too much. But, (laughs) well, they they didn't take D'Angelo Russell. But, well, we would have been been, uh, scavenging for a point guard, though. So I suppose that kind of is what it is. Looks like D'Angelo Russell's going to be here for a while, unless there's some other plan at the end of the season, depending on how he plays. 
Oh, and uh, Jaden McDaniels is still here. So that makes me feel a little better. At least you have a lot of the core pieces. Uh, Balmero, you just never know. I don't know. He didn't look all that special, but you never know. Jared Vanderbilt, hard to say. Maybe his frame just wasn't big enough to take the, the, the beating it'll take to be a power forward in the NBA. Walker Kessler, who knows? A lot of people don't think he's going to be that great, but I don't know. Maybe he'll end up being pretty good. Who knows? Is he Joe Klein? Is he is he is he is he Theo Ratliff? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? He could be either one of those. Patrick Beverly could be retired in in like six months, also. So you just never know with that guy. And Malik Beasley, I don't think a lot of us are going to miss that guy a whole lot. God bless him. He was a wonderful addition for like a, like a half of a year or so. Ever since then, eh, you know, eh, it's okay. So now I guess it's Rudy Gobert. But before that, dare we talk about the draft? Dare we talk about the draft? Should we Should we just get into that first? Or should we just get to Rudy Gobert first? I think we have to go with Rudy Gobert first. And then uh, come back with the draft. We will talk about the guys we did end up keeping. Wendell Moore Jr., of course. And we'll talk about how that all took place. As tiring as that can get. Josh Minot. Josh Minot out of Memphis. Wendell Moore Jr. out of Duke who was a junior uh, already. Josh Minot was just a freshman. May have come out a tiny bit early, but we'll see. Interesting, interesting. And Matteo Spagnolo, not related to the uh, former uh, coach of the St. Louis Rams or defensive coordinator of the New York Giants and current defensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs, if he is still there. Pretty sure he is. Um, great defensive coordinator, so I don't think they're related. But, uh, yeah, interesting comparisons to Rubio, even though there's... Not really that many compared, even though they're not really that alike at all. And I'll tell you why shortly. Who's this Rudy Gobert guy? Well, it's Rudy Gobert. I mean, he's he's the bear. He's the bear of the Timberwolves, I guess. He's he's on his way to Minnesota, believe it or not. It's not completely official yet. There's even rumors of him being part, uh, or this whole trade being part of a much larger trade involving Kevin Durant leaving the Brooklyn Nets, because Kevin Durant also has demanded a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Irving will not be returning to the Brooklyn Nets, and blah 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 and blah blah blah. Carl Anthony Towns also signed a Supermax where he's going to be making over $50 million a year in the four-year extension, uh, which is ungodly money. It, it really is. And then the NBA, obviously, the value of the teams is ungodly. The contracts are ungodly. I wish the whole thing was less. It just kind of scares me. Just like brand new people walking into a job they've never done jack bleep with. Um, just a couple of years ago, I'm making, you know, 15 or something. They're making like 22. And it's like, seriously? Seriously? Like they're like 19 years old, you know? You, you understand what I'm saying here? So it's stuff like that. Everything's moving too fast. And I don't think it's good. Um, I, I just don't. <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't. It's... It's not good for anything, frankly, to be quite honest. But Rudy Gobert comes out of France. He was the 20, uh, well, he was a 20, he was in the 2013 draft. He's already 30 years old, which kind of annoys me. Or he's, Yeah, he just turned 30. Happy birthday on June 26th. 27th pick by, yes, we talked about this in the last episode, Tim Connolly and the Denver Nuggets. So I hope this isn't some kind of retribution like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix the mistake I made in Denver and bring him to Minnesota. Even if it takes, even if it takes like you know eight players to do it, <laughs> I don't see this as a Herschel Walker trade. But oh boy, famous last words, knock on wood, it shouldn't be. It just freaking shouldn't be. And please, Lord, don't let it be. Please, Lord, no. 
He is seven foot one. He's two forty five. He's probably heavier than that, but then again, maybe not. He's kind of thin. Um, his arms are insanely long. Obviously, him being Rudy Gobert, he's a three time Defensive Player of the Year. His block numbers aren't that high, really, when you consider he led the league in blocks one of the years. Yeah, he's not blocking like five shots a game or anything. It's like it's like over two, but his overall defensive presence is pretty phenomenal. His rebounding is great. So shot blocking and rebounding are two things the Timberwolves have needed forever. Even though Carl Anthony Towns did provide that, but like nobody else was. So now you put Rudy Gobert of all people, like an arch nemesis of Carl Anthony Towns for years, with Carl Anthony Towns. So, so much for Carl Anthony Towns playing center. Um, we, I, I'd always bring up the idea, it would be so cool to see Carl Anthony Towns as a power forward, and he, he was like an eagle out there, he's able to soar. Well, there you go, Carl. Yeah, Tim Conley must have had the same vision I did, and I believe Marcus the Forecaster had the same vision about the two big men, though he's a bit irritated about how much uh, Timberwolves gave up. I have, a, I have a brief statement from Marcus as to what took place there. I don't know where I left my device, which is really annoying. I'll probably get that very shortly <laughs> if I could sneak around. But, um, um, well, Carl Anthony Towns is the power forward, plain and simple. But, 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 of course, this is more interchangeable in a sense where now you might be able to kind of create, a, you, you can get creative with the rotation here where there will be one of these two guys on the floor most of the time throughout the game, throughout most of the game, like 44 out of 48 minutes or something like that. Um, and that does not mean Nas Reed rots on the bench for all eternity. Of course not. He's going to play with one of them as well. So this is going to be pretty damn interesting. Uh, there's a fear of small ball and all that. It's small ball, how teams are going to counter with the Wolves. But I hate small ball. Um, no, okay, I don't hate it. I was getting tired of the way it was getting overused, though. And I thought the Wolves were getting absolutely insane with it about the, about three years ago. When Ryan Saunders first took over, it was that even three years? About two years ago, two and a half years ago, it was getting insane. Where your center was like six foot seven half of the time out there, and we were just getting like you know towered over and no rebounds and no presence inside. So instead, we're going on the other extreme and going to the uh, hopefully Tim Duncan, David Robinson route versus you know Ralph Sampson, Hakeem Olajuwon because that one didn't win anything, even though it was a good basketball team that Houston Rockets team in the '80s, but they didn't win anything. So that's the frustration of it all. Um, Ralph Sampson was huge, but he actually was a disappointment. Hakeem Olajuwon was one of the greatest players of all time, especially by 94 when Michael decided to take a break for, you know, obvious reasons. Obviously his dad dying and he was kind of getting sick of basketball anyway and maybe the league was hounding him for his gambling issues and such. So it was a combination of things there. Um, it was like a, yeah, a ton of bricks coming on Michael at the time. Um, and Hakeem Olajuwon, Hakeem Olajuwon, definitely took advantage of that. It was a, a beautiful thing. Um, what I've always liked, though, is this guy, this guy here, center, this guy, power forward. I've always been a fan of that. Not um, this 6'9 uh, center and the power forward, that could be, uh, you know, whoever. That could be LeBron James, that could be Josh Akogi, that could be Anthony Edwards. No, I, I like legitimate-sized players, as long as it's not just, you know, towering players that can hardly do anything, like the Joe Kleins of the world. Um, you could mention a million of those, some of those guys out there. You know, Benoit Benjamin, he just couldn't play. He was slow and he didn't do anything. Hashim the Beat was slow and couldn't do anything. Um, people of all shapes and sizes and this and that. 
Um, so it doesn't depend on, it doesn't, it's not just a slow white guy, it's a slow any guy, you know, <laughs> when it comes to the center position. Anybody can be slow. <laughs> um, and you just hope to God, again, that these are two guys that can stay healthy and play great. Uh, Ralph Sampson couldn't stay healthy. Yao Ming couldn't stay healthy. Hakeem Olajuwon could. Uh, Carl, for the most part, has, but then on occasion he doesn't. Um, Rudy Gobert's been pretty decent about health. I'd have to say, but again, famous last words, not on word here. <sighs> Sorry. 17-18, um, Rudy Gobert only played 56 games, so okay. 18-19-81, and that was a, no, that was not a bubble year. 19-20 was a bubble year. 20-21 was, again, a shortened season. 71 out of 72 games, that's pretty good. And last year, Rudy, Rudy Gobert, only 66 games, did average 15.6 a game. His overall uh, offensive game is, you know, it's 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 in the teens. He's, he's not going to get you 35 and, and, and 20 necessarily. But the 20 rebounds could very much happen. He averaged 14.7 last year. So you will be getting rebounds. Hopefully this doesn't, hopefully Carl, there it is back there. Okay. <laughs> now, yeah, because I knew I left the sound on it. I was just, just wanted to get this going here because it's better talk about it while it's still fresh. And I want the sound off. There we go. <laughs> that was the whole damn point. Um, okay, the twins are at a, on a rain delay. It's not raining out, is it? Okay. Oh, maybe or maybe it's over there. I thought that was snow. That was here. It's not raining. What are they talking about? Hmm. Okay. Anyhow. <laughs> I, I guess. Um, let's get back to where I need to be. I apologize, but... Again, uh, obviously, I hope that the two players don't take away too much from each other when it comes to rebounding. There's always that possibility where the stats may kind of water each other down. But it's, you know, it, it's all a matter of how things work out with these two players. But I think it will work out, I hope. Obviously, there was some animosity, Carl Anthony Towns and all them. And Patrick Beverly was bashing on Rudy Gobert earlier uh, back into the season, this very past season. Saying how Rudy Gobert was too chicken to guard Carl Anthony Towns. He's too busy guarding Jared Vanderbilt. Ha! Like some some defensive a player, the defensive player of the year he is. It was stuff like that, and it's kind of silly and immature. And Anthony Edwards is kind of following around with that. It's kind of silly, and I don't know. Eh, hopefully, again, we can put that aside. We being the Timberwolves, the players, the coaches, all that good stuff can kind of put all that nonsense aside and um, play some pretty exciting basketball coming forward. See, again, people are extremely frustrated with how much we gave up, and I don't blame you. I don't blame a single one of you, because every time a Minnesota team has made this type of swing <laughs> to hit like a, a Grand Slam home run, how many times have we struck out? You know, and, and we can mention all of them. We've talked about Herschel Walker, this and that. We've talked about, you know, like uh, that trade for Cordero Patterson, where the Vikings traded up. To get Cordero Patterson, it wasn't even that many picks up in the draft to get him, and he was just a special teams guy. And we gave up like a ton of of like picks and such. It was kind of stupid. Um, so like you, a lot of times Minnesota teams have taken these big swings. It hasn't worked out. So hopefully this is going to be a change. This will be a big difference, and at least we can do we can do at least what the Toronto Raptors did when they acquired Kawhi Leonard and at least brought home one championship, at least one. For the love of God, at least one. Um, <laughs> because one championship is a hell of a lot better than zero. 
So, uh, you know, teams like that, obviously LeBron James and the Heat and all that and winning, they wound up with two, right? When he talked about like five, six, seven, they wound up with two with that group. So I guess it's better than nothing, but certainly not five, six, seven, because Dwayne Wade wasn't healthy enough at that stage. He just didn't stay healthy. Son of a gun. Um, so, I mean, it's a, it's a powerful combination. It is an incredible starting lineup. Rudy Gobert at the five. Carl Anthony Towns at the four. Jaden McDaniels, who's going to take another step this year. You can totally feel it coming at the three. Anthony Edwards, who's going to take another step forward this year. You can totally feel it coming at the two. D'Angelo Russell, who can be very clutch and can be an idiot, but he can be very clutch at the point guard. <laughs> he is a talented guy. There's a reason he was a top five pick in the draft. Number two, in fact, going to the Los Angeles Lakers back in... Uh, uh, excuse me, 2015, um, right after Carl Anthony Towns. So it's all going to be a wait-and-see type of thing there. Um, so at the end of the day, the glitzy starting lineup is exciting and everything. Obviously, Dallas many years ago made crazy moves like this, and then they didn't win anything, unfortunately. And eventually they did win with a more conventional type of team and a more conventional type of coach, conventional foundation to the roster. They finally brought home a single championship with Dirk and all of them and uh, Jason Kidd of all people at point guard come returning to Dallas after all those years. That was kind of cool as much as I was, you know, I've never been a Dallas sports fan at all, especially after the North Stars moved to Dallas. So things like that. <laughs> but still, it was just a well put together team that got the job done. Bottom line. And hopefully this team can get the job done. That's the hope. Um, the Timberwolves did make some additions along the way as well. We'll look at the draft first before we get to the regular free agency. Just had to get to this major headliner here. Uh, and then, of course, we'll get to the fan interaction. Let's hear what the forecaster had to say since I can, you know, I basically never hear from him anymore because for whatever reason, he doesn't like me anymore, I guess. And that's that's life. Um, I was saying I gave, I think we gave up too much. Marcus responds with McGee and Drummond would have been better. The Wolves are done. Always seem to hire idiots. And, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that did some sometimes. <laughs> Marcus, Marcus would come off as super negative in the past when he was the co-host on the show, and some people took it the wrong way. And at the end of the day, in Minnesota, we have a negative view of the sporting world. And every time we take a big swing, we just have a crappy feeling about it, especially when you're giving up four picks, potentially five, you know, decent, like if, say, if the 20... 26 ends up being like the Wolves have like the 6th pick and the Jazz have the 19th. That'll be kind of crappy too. So we'll see if that whole swap deal. But at least we'll have a first round pick that year. Um, but it, it's been a rough it's been a rough ride. I was kind of almost thinking this could almost turn out like the Carmelo Anthony trade. But it shouldn't. It shouldn't really. Uh, Carmelo Anthony is a different animal. you know, And I don't mean it in a bad way. I shouldn't even use that term. But uh, Carmelo Anthony... Just that trade was a different animal, is what I'm trying to say. So please don't get pissed off at what I just said. I, I apologize. I didn't mean it in any wrong way. Um, that was an insane trade. At least the Knicks got Chauncey Billups back, though. <laughs> and then and that was right when he started to get injured all the time, which was uh, annoying. Um, let's try to look at who else we got, though, in the draft. And, of course, the all, the all the overall order... I'll go over that super-duper quick. Paulo Benchero ended up going number one overall, which kind of surprised me a little bit. 
Chet Holmgren, skinny son of a gun, the highest pick in Minnesota, uh, Minnesotan history, the highest Minnesotan to go in the NBA draft in history. Chet Holmgren goes to the Oklahoma City Thunder. No. <laughs> yeah, winds up there. Um, Gonzaga, Oklahoma is going to be quite interesting. Uh, Houston Rockets, Jabari Smith. So we'll see. Kagan Murray to the Kings fourth. Jaden Ivey to the Pistons fifth. Benedict, he's the son of a Benedict. Just kidding. Matherin to, uh, out of Arizona to the Pacers. Sheedon Sharp. That, that rolls right off your tongue. Shaden Sharp, pardon me. Out of Kentucky roll, uh, rolls to the <laughs> Portland Trailblazers. At number eight, the Pelicans out of New Orleans take Dyson Daniels, double D, and he has got to be the highest G League player, G League only player to go in the draft, eighth overall. Jeremy Shockin. Not Jeremy Shockey, but Jeremy Shockin. That's the former uh, tight end in the NFL, his player who played on, like, I think it was the Raiders and stuff, and they uh, definitely on the New Orleans Saints. I don't know. I'm crazy. Johnny Davis, old JD from Wisconsin, goes to the Wizards, so he goes from one W to another. Hopefully that W means winning. Usman Jeng was taken by the Knicks all the way up at number 11, but ultimately winds up with the OKC Thunder. So pretty cool. Um, and if I am missing out on the trades that took place after, sometimes like guys got traded more than once here, so I apologize if I'm screwing that up. But Oklahoma City is on the verge of some pretty talented pieces going to their team. Very young, but boy, oh boy, in the next two to three years, watch out. Thunder wind up with Jalen Williams. Jalen Williams, one of the bigger guys to Santa Clara, from Santa Clara to the Thunder. And it looks like that trade or that player was never traded. Jalen Duran. Jalen Duran is now going to Detroit, apparently. He was taken by the Charlotte Hornets, but will end up end up uh, going to Detroit. Jalen Duran, a guy I really treasured in this draft. Ochai Abaji out of Kansas. Going to the Cavs, Mark Williams, that's another good one. Going to the Hornets, and that's when I was cursing and going crazy. Going, come on, why do you need Duran and Williams? Come on, you a-holes. And then all of a sudden, well, Jalen Duran's going to Detroit and blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. Screw you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm curious, though. I mean, Jalen Duran, I was just a, I was a big fan. He was acquired by Detroit and a trade with the Knicks. Yep, who acquired him from Charlotte. Yeah, that's what happened. Okay, so yes, this is all final. Yeah, because I remember there was something with him in the Knicks. It was Charlotte to the Knicks to the Detroit Pistons. So we'll see. An improving team who had the number one pick a year ago. So Detroit with the number one pick in the draft. That's interesting. A year ago. Um, A.J. Griffin. Duke. That name sounds so familiar <laughs> to the Hawks. Tari Easton, another Rockets player heading to Houston. Yes. Um, Dalen Terry to the Bulls. Number 18. The Wolves get the 19th pick, and it's traded before we even did anything. Jake LaRavia, out of Wake Forest, was traded to the Memphis Grizzlies because the Wolves had a different plan. We wound up going down to 22 and 29, and ultimately we wound up at 26 because we traded back up. We'll come back to that in a moment. Spurs Malachi. Old Malachi Branham. Yep, out of Ohio State. Nuggets Christian Braun. Christian Braun. Walker, Walker Kessler, Walker Kessler, <laughs> Walker Kessler, sorry, out of Auburn, from, uh, was taken by the Grizzlies, traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves, who now is going to the Utah Jazz in the Rudy Gobert trade. Um, he's the only one of the draft picks, though, that the, that the Wolves took that is going to Utah. So we will keep three out of the four. One of them will be in Spain, 
or excuse me, Italy. The other two will be potentially on the Minnesota Timberwolves, especially with the fact that there's going to be some roster spots open, including for guys like Jalen Noel. Um, Jalen Noel will get, most likely get promoted into more of a nine-man rotation instead of floating around, you know, like, okay, he's, he's 12th today, he's 8th today, he's 6th today, he's 12th today, he's 8th today, he's 6th today. You know, he might actually be in a full nine-man rotation all the time now, which I think is pretty cool. Him being Jalen Noel, David Roddy, Colorado State. He was uh, you know, part of a Memphis trade with the uh, the Sixers taking him originally. Bucks, Merjan Bochamp, of course, another G League player there. Pretty cool. Blake Wesley, the 25th pick going to the Spurs. Wendell Moore Jr. Now we're, we're getting caught up to an actual player here coming to Minnesota. Taken by Dallas to Minnesota. The Wolves ultimately trade their 29th pick, which was Ty Ty Washington. So we thought, okay, Ty Ty Washington, but then again, that move was already made. The Wolves had moved up to 26th. Wendell Moore Jr. out of Duke. And then finally, Nikola Jovic winds up with the Miami Heat, which could be really interesting. He's going to be nice. Patrick Baldwin Jr., 28th to the Warriors. Ty Ty Washington winds up with the Houston Sprockets. And the Thunder wind up with Peyton Watson trading him to Denver. And that wraps up the first round as I try not to cough to death, pardon me. Wendell Moore Jr., a guy who was a junior in college at the end of this <laughs> at the end of this draft here. Or him being taken to uh, 26th overall by Dallas, wound up being traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Always very exciting. Was a bit of a slow starter, of course, and that's why he wound up going to uh, school for three years here. Poor three-point percentage, poor field goal percentage, generally speaking. 40, 41% the first two years, actually, from the floor overall. Only gained a thousandth of a percent. Can you believe that? No, a tenth of a percent. Only gained one-tenth of a percent from freshman to sophomore year. And then went all the way up to 50% from the floor last year as a junior. He did attempt over five threes a game. His first cut, or no, no, I'm looking at that wrong. He, he barely attempted threes at all in his first year. One up 21%. Second year, one up 30%. So a little increase there, 9%. And then last year, 41.3% from downtown. Um, Wendell Moore Jr. does not really display a whole lot of athleticism, but he's an intangibles kind of guy. You can see the... You can definitely see high IQ. Uh, nice playmaker. Very good defensive player. Really good rebounder for somebody his size. It was like, in his, you know, he's kind of a tweener guard type height. Well, more of a shooting guard. Six foot five. And the guy could very well wind up in the rotation as soon as this year with the fact that the lineup has kind of shrank down. But I don't expect that in the early stages of the season. I do expect um, Lowell, um, Jaden uh, Noel to get more and more playing time. Jalen Noel, pardon me. I'm going Jaden, Jaden, Jalen, Jalen, this guy. Yep, Jalen, Jaden, Jalen Noel. God help me. Is going to wind up getting more and more minutes, and he deserves it uh, as the coach. Chris Finch was basically hinting at days earlier because he knew something was up. He's like, yeah, Jalen Noel is going to get significant more time this year, so it's going to be cool. Wendell Moore Jr., again, is definitely part of the Timberwolves' plans long-term. Uh, nice rebounder, nice defender. There was definitely a focus on rebounding and defense going into this draft, and, of course, the massive trade that took place just yesterday as I was recording State of the Wild 2022. I'm recording State of the Wild 2022 and Derek Felska, who was a surprise guest, joined on and talked quite a bit, but was did a very damn good job. 
Um, as he was talking, I just started shaking, like, oh my god, am I seeing this right? And then I, I don't know, I was analyzing how much the Wolves gave up. I was just blown away. Like, we gave up that much, so I started getting nervous, but long-term, we'll see. Um, again, no, well, uh, Wendell Moore Jr., anyway. Um, he's not the long athletic type or anything, nothing crazy like that, but intangible, solid defense, Nice playmaker, too. Really, really, really nice passer. As his assist numbers, he was almost at four and a half assists, basically, last year in 39 games in the final season for Coach K with the Duke Blue Devils. So it's going to be fascinating to see how that turns out with Duke. But, eh, I'm not much of a college guy. Hoping for uh, Wendell Moore Jr. to have a nice NBA career, and I think he can. Some people are afraid that he, you know, it took him so long to jump up, but it just one cute little year, and he's going to jump back. He's going to drop back down into, you know, the abyss. We'll have to wait and see. As we're going to kind of gradually continue here, I'm not going to rattle off the names in the second round necessarily. So the 40th pick, which was going to be Minnesota, the Wolves trade down again. Bryce McGowan's out of Nebraska, traded to Charlotte, traded to Charlotte. And ultimately the Wolves will take 20, uh, 45th. And this pick does stay with the Timberwolves and it doesn't get traded to the Utah Jazz or anything like that. Hasn't been traded to somebody else yet either. Josh Minot who seemed pretty interesting. Seemed like a pretty interesting guy in the press conference. A little bit of personality, a little bit of confidence. Without the cockiness, it was more of like a kind of a quiet confidence, but also uh, mixed with humility. A lot like our general manager, who uh, says, yeah, I mean, I came out of the draft right away. You know, I, I believe I can do something in the NBA. I believe I can, but I know I'm going to have to really work hard to get there, to, to earn a spot, this and that. And if I have to go to the G League, it kind of is what it is. We'll see. Um, there's space available. Maybe Minot starts in Iowa early. And if he impresses, he'll continue to head in the right direction there. Head, head back into the NBA. And maybe, you never know, might end up a rotation player by the end of the year. Um, a big way to describe Josh Minot, I would say long and athletic. Long and athletic, no doubt about it. He only averaged 6.6 .6 points a game, but he did have 22 blocks in 33 games. He only averaged 14 and a half minutes. So that's something to take note of. 52% from the floor. Again, long and athletic. He only he only made uh, two out of 14 threes all season. So, But, you know, they were nice catch-and-shoot threes. And, you know, there was a nice motion on him. But overall, that's not his strength at the moment. Hopefully it'll continue to develop. Free throw percentage, 75. That's not bad. Uh, averaging almost four rebounds a game in only 14 minutes is actually pretty good. So give him some credit for that, no doubt. Uh, because when we're talking 14 minutes, I mean, there's a reason why this guy was sinking into the second round. But you could definitely see something there. They had long athleticism and the way he would come up behind people and knock the ball away. Uh, his shot-blocking ability, Josh Minotz, is pretty damn impressive. Again, he is out of Memphis, which again, which uh, Jalen Duran Probably one of the reasons why this guy wasn't getting a whole lot of minutes as a freshman. Um, Jalen Duran did an amazing job for Memphis and the Memphis Tigers and all that. But, uh, yeah, Bob, the recipient of many nice passes and then again finishing and also being able to attack to the basket on his own as well. Definitely a cutter. That's how I would describe Josh Bernat in another way as well. High, uh, he seems to have a high IQ and a nice feel for the game. Uh, he cuts to the basket. He cuts to the basket with the ball. He cuts to the or, you know he drives to the basket with the ball, and he cuts to the basket without the ball. So definitely, there's there's something there. I think there's something there with Josh Bernat. And again, it's that quiet confidence with humility and honesty mixed in, which I just love players, and I love uh, 
I love that kind of attitude from any human being out there, honest to God. And the Wolves pick that ended up staying right where it was, number 50, number 50 or 50 or however you want to say it, Matteo Spagnolo. I can at least pronounce Spagnolo because I do remember defensive coordinator of the New York Giants 2007 when they won the Super Bowl over the you know, New England Patriots, unfortunately. I like the Patriots, believe it or not. But it was cool seeing them beat the Packers on the road. That was impressive on a freezing, freezing, freezing night at Lambeau Field all those years ago. Um, but for Vanoli Cremona, Laga Serie 1, <laughs> somewhere in Italy, of course. Yes. <laughs> the guy they call the Italian Rubio. And the reason why they call him the Italian Rubio is he's got a nice, nice, you know, he's got nice pizzazz with his passing skills. He's got really nice passing skills, basically. He can dish, you know, and, you know, behind the back and kind of those, the, that, that, those twings, uh, swing passes where you go from right to left, left to right, kind of like a behind the back passes. Uh, definitely he's got a skill there, but <laughs> he's not Ricky Rubio. You know why? You know why he's not Ricky Rubio? Because he shot 44% from three-point range. That's right. He shot 44% from three-point range. So that's not Ricky Rubio. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just not. Free throw percentage, 86%. Rubio was actually pretty good at that. So, okay, I'll give him some credit there. Uh, I like him, definitely. He's got a nice catch and shoot and a nice overall release with a three-point shot. There is a really, really nice arc on the ball when he shoots those outside shots, him being Mr. Matteo Spagnolo. Um, I mean, it is an arc. We're talking rainbow, <laughs> big time rainbow on, on his shot. Um, that's got a pot of gold at the end, as, as far as I'm concerned, or at least I would like to believe so. Um, there's something. There's something there with this with this guy, and it's going to be fun to watch the next couple, uh, next couple of years. Kind of, I would say he's kind of more of a shooting guard in a sense, but a playmaking shooting guard, kind of like Mendelmore Jr., kind of like that, but maybe he will be a big point guard with a ton of talent. Obviously, great passing skills. Uh, Wendell Moore Jr. has really good passing skills as well. More consistent overall. But there is... Uh, Manuel Spagnolo could really be something, I think. Uh, I, I don't know if he's this phenom or anything. But, well, he, he may end up helping us feel uh, not feel so bad with losing Leandro Balmero to the Utah Jazz. We'll see how that turns out, though, in the next year or two. Leandro Balmero as he starts getting more and more minutes in the future. So, <laughs> it's going to be super interesting to see how all of that pans out and turns out and this and that. Uh, the Wolves also did add Kyle Anderson at about $9 million a year. So pretty cool. Two years, $18 million for Kyle Anderson. Forward for the Memphis Grizzlies, of course, was a pain in the butt for the Wolves to deal with in the postseason here. In that six-game series with the Memphis Grizzlies, Kyle Anderson did drive us crazy. Really, really, really nice defender. Um... A year and a half ago, he had his best season overall in terms of points and free throw percentage, too. Wow, 78%. Otherwise, his career average is 71. Uh, 12 and a half points that year, where last year, Kyle Anderson averaged 7.6 points, 5.3 rebounds. So it can help, again, help again with the loss of uh, Jared Vanderbilt providing the defense, to some, some rebounding and such. So he's not a spectacular rebounder, but um, he can do it, obviously. Generally, a guy who plays about 21 minutes a game. He played about that last year. A couple of years ago, he had 27 minutes. Uh, way, uh, or not way back, but back in 18-19, 
Kyle Anderson averaged almost 30 minutes a game for the Memphis Grizzlies. Former San Antonio Spur, of course, so he's played for some pretty nice organizations so far. Hopefully this will be the third good organization Kyle Anderson's played for. 2014 was when Wiggins went number one, and Mr. Levine went 13. Kyle Anderson went 30th to the Spurs in the first round out of UCLA from New Jersey, or from Jersey City, New Jersey, basically close enough. <laughs> 29 years of age, uh, or at least he'll be turning that on September the 20th coming up. But again, provide some intangibles, some defense at the power forward position. Six foot nine, two thirty. Kyle Anderson again drove us a little crazy out there. Strong, solid defense, frustrating to deal with a bit at times as a rotation player. And hopefully he can be that for Minnesota against other teams. And well, we'll see. He'll be playing alongside some big, tough sons of guns and Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert going forward. Minnesota Timberwolves also sign free agent shooting guard Brian Forbes out of the Denver, out of the Denver Nuggets. So that's another interesting addition. Coming forward, trying to pull him up. I had him. I apologize. There we go. 8.8 last year. Didn't get much for rebounds, assists, about one of each there. Overall, though, a talented guy. He was. Uh, he played it for, He played both for Denver and San Antonio last year. Must have been part of a trade, of course. He can hit three-point shots, 41%. Very nice career three-point percentage of 41.3 the last couple of years. 41.7 for San Antonio just this last season. 41% for Denver. 45.2 for the world champion Bucks in 2021. 45.2 was a nice factor for that championship club. Played 70 games that year and averaged 10 points. Brian Forbes is not that, you know, just this little random addition. Oh, what the hell. No, he's a nice spark plug off the bench who can hit shots. So pretty, pretty exciting overall. 47% from the floor as a shooting guard for the Milwaukee Bucks. Just shot the lights out. The whole season for 2021, unfortunately. Only stayed there for a year. Probably got a couple bucks here. Brian Forbes, one-year deal with Minnesota to hopefully be a valuable spark plug for the Minnesota Timberwolves as well. So it certainly doesn't ensure, like, major roles for guys like Wendell Moore Jr., you know, obviously Josh Minot. They're not going to get major minutes, especially with these two free agent signings. But there's a pretty good chance they'll be on the roster. But maybe you don't want them on the roster, particularly Josh Minot, to get uh, to get play a kid more... Uh, Again, get more more minutes out there. They get more polished in the G League with the Iowa Wolves. So that's a strong possibility for Josh Minot. At least a year, half a year, however things go. Injuries, this and that. We don't know what the future holds when it comes to guys staying healthy or if, for whatever reason, certain players just aren't shooting well at all. Uh, Brian Forbes and Kyle Anderson, about the same age. Right about the same age. Looks like Brian Forbes is about a month and a half, two months older. So, oh well. A lot of these guys. Rudy Gobert is a year older than these two. Again, just turning 30. So that seems to be the theme, adding some veterans to this team. One of them a superstar, two valuable pieces. And, of course, Torian Prince also signed an extension to come back to the Minnesota Timberwolves as well. As he took a bit of a pay cut at uh, two years, $16 million total. That's eight per, basically, on average, which is funny because... It's just amazing when you look at the NHL and the NBA with the contracts. I bet NHL players just look at this stuff and just shake their heads because Kevin Fiala for the Minnesota Wild was just traded and we talked about it and all that stuff. The Wild just simply couldn't afford him, you know, the salary cap and everything. He had an amazing season, you know, and wound up signing for just under $8 million a year with the LA Kings, of course, the team he was traded to as a restricted free agent. And then Torian Prince, you know, $8 million, and that, that's a pay cut, man. He took a pay cut, $8 million per. That's just crazy. 
<laughs> you know, like Carl Anthony Towns is going to be making north of 50. Rudy Gobert, 47. I mean, it's just nuts. That, that's like whole contracts. You know, like five-year, five-year, seven-year contracts for NHL players. That's, that's just nuts. Kevin Viola was at seven years, 55 million to the LA Kings. Seven years, 55 million. Just, just imagine. There was a time when contracts like that were signed in the NBA, but that was like in the 90s. That, that, that's how long ago it's been. It's just crazy, the gap there. And I'm a, <laughs> I like both of these sports very much. Obviously, basketball, I have, you know, I've, I've played it much more than I've been able to play hockey. <laughs> so my knowledge level, you could say, of actually playing the game and being on the floor and in the heat of the battle, so to speak, is, is a bit higher. I will admit that. And that's why I still do this show with a lot of passion and uh, all these years later, despite frustrations with things that have popped up and some of the personalities or lack thereof in the NBA. Some of the person, yeah, some people do have personality, but I don't like their personality. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Um, I, I, I miss the Dominique Wilkins type personalities versus the Steph Curry type personalities. There's just, it's just, it's like a different planet. I'm sorry. Uh, that's just how I see the world, I guess. Um, but those are your additions. And again, again, Tori and Prince. I mean, you have a nice group of veterans to work with the young guys. And of course, again, not everybody's just young, but they can help as well. They can all kind of help each other out. The young legs helping out the older legs. The older legs, the, you know, the older minds, the wiser minds helping out the younger minds. That type of thing. So it's going to be a cool combination of uh, youth and veterans on this club. Uh, Torian Prince isn't that old, though. He's only 28, believe it or not. But that long, athletic, solid defense who can occasionally you know, shoot the lights out in the right day, the right time, the right place. Especially in Detroit, I guess. The, the Prince in the Palace with the Detroit uh, <laughs> against the Detroit Pistons, Torian Prince, last year. That was a fun episode to do. I still remember that very well. Where Torian Prince brought home the Lone Wolf Award. That was his first, of course, on Timberwolves Explosion. With that said, I'm going to take a quick break here, and I want to hear what you have to say as we wrap up this episode. Segment number two, the final segment for this episode, of course, draft and free agency. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of combinations as to why I'm starting this show early, of course, because, see, normally you'd think I'd be doing this show a little bit later in the month of July because, you know, you let things kind of, you know, fester, so to speak, as they say, let things settle and all that cute stuff. But, I mean, this was the biggest thing ever, and I do think it, it hurts the Wolves' flexibility going forward throughout this offseason and maybe, in, you know, at, at least through the rest of this offseason. Um, we signed at least two veteran players. If there's any other additional moves, like surprising trades and stuff, of course, I'll have, like, a part two version of this show. So there's no problem there. It's just that, and the fact that it, unbeknownst to me, ended up being kind of a rainy day as well. <laughs> I was kind of pissed off at myself yesterday for doing the other podcast. It's such a beautiful day. I could have waited till the evening or even done it today. But, heck, the whole thing worked out just fine at the end of the day. Might as well do this show. 
even though missing out on a beautiful day yesterday, might as well do this show now while it's still kind of dark, and then by the time I'm done, maybe it'll be nice and sunny again, <laughs> that type of thing. <laughs> but also, again, it's a fresh story, it's a huge story, and, you know, you're in the media somewhat, if, if you can call me the media, like a, an alternative version of it, you got to get the story out while it's still fairly fresh. I, I don't want to be like, Rudy Gobert's coming to Minnesota like three weeks from now. So that might seem kind of lame at the same time. And, you know, I mean, the draft is done. I don't think the Wolves are going to make any big spectacular splash after this. Uh, I don't know if we have the pieces to be able to even consider doing that. So might as well just get on it now and get moving forward. The Twitter account, at TWolvesEX, at TWolves. EX, if I can pull that up somehow, some way. Of course, we'll get to the Facebook page as well. Wow, it was retweeted by a number of people. Really appreciate it. See if I can get to all of them real quick here. Ali Siddiqui was saying, I'll be sure to tune in. Thank you so much. And Reese Pedretti says, appreciate the mention, legend. Love you too. And you are a legend also, Reese. You really are out of Brisbane, Australia. Benzo out of the Bronx retweeted Vince Germano. <laughs> the Courtside Podcast and out of Melbourne, Australia and one of the greatest people on earth. Derek Felska. Yep, we, we did a mammoth, mammoth show. It was the largest show in the history of my podcasting life. And I've been doing this for, gosh, since 2008. Yeah, 2008's a long time ago now, isn't it? Almost 15 years ago. So, yeah, it was the largest podcast in the history, history of my career. Over a thousand podcast episodes largest yep because it's just so much to talk about with the wild and Derek is, <laughs> Derek can be long-winded yeah yes he can <laughs> but God bless him very much of course uh, <laughs> he's not a big Timberwolves fan but he's a huge hockey fan he's still kind enough to retweet the the most recent episode state of the Timberwolves 2022 yes he can be long-winded but it's good information so that's a huge thing as well random hoops again Reese Pedretti Pumpa Retweeted out of Brisbane, Australia. Tanae and Levi both out of... Tanae Brown and Levi Brown both out of New Zealand. I just absolutely love you guys. You're pillars of this show. And, and I mean that in a big way. Like, just you guys are so important. And really appreciate all of that forever and ever and ever. See what you guys had to say, eh? Let's go back here if I can not mess this up. Okay. And, yep, I was saying it was my pleasure. Love you to death. I was saying that to uh, Reese Pedretti. John Krasinski, see, this is when I had my hopes up about something. And I'm going to be honest, I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of cringing and sad at when I, read, when I read this now. I'm saddened when I read this. Because uh, John Krasinski back just a few days ago, not that long ago, about 10 days ago, said another bit of info in this from Shams. The Timberwolves have discussed training for veteran centers, including Atlanta's Clint Capella. Clint Capella. And I'm guessing it would have taken less than four first-round picks to get Clint Capella. I'm, I'm guessing it would have. I wouldn't be surprised if, say, Patrick Beverly and and uh, uh, Malik Beasley were headed to Atlanta. I would be totally fine with that. But m imagine if it was like three first-round picks and no Jared Vanderbilt. You know, or Jared Vanderbilt and two first-round picks. I mean, that sounds a little bit more reasonable, doesn't it? I don't know. See, it's like, yeah, I mean, I, Rudy Gobert is, is the biggest name of all of them. Yes, because he's, you know, Defensive Player of the Year three times and all that. But still, Clint Capella, I just, 
Oh, I was so happy about the thought of having him on Minnesota because it's one of my all-time favorites. Um, I also retweeted, looked like, uh, looks like random hoops. I mean, again, Reese Pedretti and in all airness. Wow. <laughs> Adam Ryan getting together. That's pretty cool. Well, I mean, they're in the same country, but obviously same country doesn't mean you can get together anytime you want. It's still a big place. Australia's huge. So <laughs> that'd be like, oh, you know, you know, they this, this, uh, you know, like, like say if I went, you know, going and meeting Benzo out of, uh, out of the Bronx would be a big deal, you know, cause he's. He's not, like, right on top of us right here in Minnesota, so in the Twin Cities. So, yeah, that's a big deal. Very cool. They got they got together. It looks like chicken sandwiches. Mm -mm. And if I'm wrong about the, uh, mm, that looks so good. Oh, 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 the French fries and grilled, I, I believe it's grilled chicken sandwich. I believe so. And I could go for that anytime, anytime. That's so good. <laughs> Reese was saying, uh, great to see one of my best mates today for lunch and laughs and maybe a bit of hoops chat. Love ya, ads. Yep, that'd be again Adam Ryan of the In All Airness podcast. One of the greatest podcasts ever made uh, because, you know, I mean, we're talking, <laughs> we're talking, you want to hear about Kelly Trapuka, you're going to hear about it from Kelly Trapuka. <laughs> you're going to hear it from him on, on In All Airness. That's what's so cool. Uh, legendary players. You know, even if they weren't, maybe maybe they weren't like first ballot Hall of Fame type players. Like, but Kelly Trapuka is the kind of person who, I mean, he's got a story to tell. And he was really, really good with the Detroit Pistons in the early 80s. And just, that was one of my all-time favorite podcasts. But, I mean, all of them, again. You know, you had Detlef Shrimp not that long ago. Uh, the, the, uh, the last dance episodes, they had people from behind the scenes talking about that and all the stuff that actually really went on back in the late 90s during that last dance season. So that was so cool. Man, that was awesome. Uh, and then uh, Rodman locally here says, how, so how long do we have to wait after the Wolves pick to be sure if it's actually their pick? Yeah, I was always wondering the same thing. I, I didn't even respond. I just liked it. I'm sorry. I apologize. And I actually retweeted it. e was saying some fun Culver memories with this tonight. And uh, Rodman said, OJ Mayo too, LOL. Yeah, them re remember that? Yep, O.J. Mayo way back in 08 when I was new at this. Mm, I wasn't new at being a Timberwolves fan or a basketball fan. I was already quite veteran, but I was just starting to podcast finally. Yep, I was tweeting about how sad I was watching Jalen Duran go to the uh, Charlotte Hornets at the time. Hey now, hey now, the dream is over. Yeah, I was basically singing that to myself. Yeah, I wanted him here, but I, I knew he was going to go too early. I was also saying my apologies. Apparently, Duran's going to Detroit. Not that I not that it ultimately feels uh, makes me feel better. Wish he was coming this way. Walker Kessler, top shot blocker in college. Thoughts? I mostly got sarcastic replies here. Um, well, Rodman wasn't sarcastic. He said certainly fills a void. And Lando Lakes, Lando Lakes, I like that. Says he's impressive. hasn't uh, Haven't seen anything like him at AU in a long time. Expect big things. So cool. But unfortunately, he'll be doing that for Utah. I need to follow. I'm sorry, Lando Lakes. I apologize. I should have followed him back sooner. Um, and then Pat Casey also says he's big. Well, I, I appreciate that. But uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. But, yep, I'm glad he's big. And he certainly was. Dane Moore was saying both Walker Kessler and Wendell Moore Jr. were born within a month of Anthony Edwards. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. And I was tweeting out that Torian Prince and Minnesota have agreed to on a two-year, $16 million extension per Waj. Yes, we know who that is. Benzo was saying, Josh Minot has 
it has to get a two-way deal for us to sign another player. Yep. Um, and he's still probably going to wind up with that anyway because of the, you know, it's, it's early, he's a second-round pick and all that. Uh, the Twins had signed Kyle Anderson. There was no likes or retweets or comments on that one. The uh, massive super, super max extension, $224 million extension for just four years. Yep. Um, uh, Carl Anthony Towns is also already owed $70 million the next two years. It's about 35 per right now. Which I think is enough. That's just me. I think 35 is enough. But okay, I guess it's not. I guess it's got to be like 55 or something. 54, 53, 52. Uh. <laughs> 35 is so much money. It is insane. But oh no, those owners make more though. So those owners are bad. And I don't think the owners should be making billions either necessarily. You know, I, I think it should all be lower. Like reason, like somewhat reasonable. I'm not saying that any of them should be, you know, looking for a second job in the offseason. I think that's, like, way beyond, no way. You know, there's there's no way they could be able to even do that anyway. That'd be horrible. Uh, how could you even be a good basketball player if you have to spend half of the offseason working at, you know, working at Byerly's or something? That'd be kind of crazy. But, <laughs> you know, there was the Gobert trade, a couple of responses, and we're going to get to that right now. I think there's some on the Facebook page as well. Starts off with Vince Germano out of Australia. And, of course, again, nope, it starts off with uh, Tanae. And then it jumps into uh, Vince Germano. Tanae Brown says, fits the fits the timeline much better getting him. I Okay, this is backwards. I'll go back up first. Okay, we'll open with Levi. This will be more chronologically accurate. He says, wow, seems like a lot to give up with all those unprotected picks, but pretty great that we kept our four best players. Yep, see, that's the one major part here that some people might be overlooking. Um, looking forward to seeing how this pans out. And it's exciting, but yeah, I, I do think it's, I do think it is giving up too much. I do. It's just nice that we have, we have the four major players. So that's the good part. At least we didn't completely gut things and we have a huge mess going on here. Some weird color in the sky right now. I'm not understanding. Like, it's not making a whole lot of sense. I don't know. Maybe there's like a fire or something. You know, a distant fire. One of those when the sky starts turning funny colors. Because it looks like it's trying to clear out, which is good. Tanae Brown, New Zealand. Not a fan. He says, horrific trade. Vince Germano responds with, why not go after Aiden? Again, as he's, uh, you know, expressed that he would like to be moving on from Phoenix at some point here. Again, former number one pick, and the only number one pick in the history of a franchise that had been around for over 50 years. So, a lot of us that complain, oh, the Wolves didn't get the number one pick, didn't get the number one pick. Phoenix, when they when they drafted DeAndre Ayton, he was the first number one pick they ever had. Number one overall pick they ever had. That is insane. Um, that's a fan base that's been through a bit. They went to a couple final rounds. They went to one way back in 76 and got beat by the Celtics and, you know, heartbreaking fashion team that had already won a billion championships already in the 60s and early 70s um, and then all the years later Charles Barkley and all that they go to the finals they have the best record in the league home court advantage over the Bulls who had already won two in a row and of course you know Michael Jordan averages 41 points a game and then what the hell can you do it was one of those type of deals then they take a two game to zero lead over the Milwaukee Bucks all these years later 2021 versus 93 almost 30 years later and still find a way to let that one slip away as well. So I, I, I feel for Phoenix fans. So And watching them lose to the Dallas Mavericks in the second round was not, go, was not cool. I was pissed off. And seeing 
Booker and Chris Paul in that post-game press conference, it just irked me, like, beyond belief. Like, it almost, they almost had this look of, like, well, it is what it is. I mean, well, we just got to, we just, you know, I'm still going back to my fancy my fancy life, and we'll see you next, we'll see you next fall. It, it just kind of felt like that to me. I was pissed. <laughs> I was I, I was pissed, and as Phoenix Suns fans, I, I'd be even more pissed. I was saying, um, I was saying going after Aiden certainly would have been cheaper, he, and he's a hell of a lot younger. Tenay Brown says, fits the timeline much better getting him. I hate this trade so much. Yep. Tenay is not a happy camper. I'd like to hear more and more from Tenay, as I probably will have a follow-up uh, postseason show, or, you know, off-season show, pardon me, coming up later this month or early August. I probably will if I'm able to get the time together to, to do it, which probably shouldn't be too hard. If I can do this, I can do another show as well. So I got to think there'll be something else going on that we could talk about. And yes, Tanae, I'd love to hear more and more from you, but I mean, you're probably still digesting it at this moment, and I am as well, quite frankly, but had to get this out. Uh, we'll, we'll see what more news comes out in the next couple of weeks here overall, but just hoping maybe, uh, again, tell your friends about this show, share this episode if you like, tell them about the State of the Timberwolves 2022. That was a fun show to do, but of course, things are so different now since that episode. Things have changed so dramatically. <laughs> With Tim Conley taking the huge swing with the huge baseball bat here. Hopefully he makes contact and we can uh, have the happiest time of our life as a Timberwolves fan in the next year or two. But um, that's the hope. Nothing's easy, but anything's possible, I suppose. If, if Toronto can win a championship, the Timberwolves get into Miami back in the day. can win one when uh, coming out of nowhere before, you know, well, well, when Shaq got there at the older age. So we'll see. Maybe something like that could happen here as well. Wishing all of you a wonderful summer as we're hitting into the main part of it. Wishing you a wonderful July 4th on July 4th weekend. Hope you have a good time. Those of you that celebrated here in the United States, I'm one of them. Though I don't, it looks like I don't get to celebrate it a whole too much, which is annoying. With parents being sick and stuff, so it's such a drag. And then the, the other extended family having sick uh, sickness in them as well. Not extended, but my, my brother's family as well. So it's complete buzzkill. It, it really is. But... Those of you out there that get a chance, hopefully you're able to enjoy this weekend. And uh, hoping the best for all of you. Take care and God bless. 